This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we'll hear part two of our episode, Are Your Children Prepared to Defend Their Faith? And again, we are with special guest, Terrence Chapman, who's the president and CEO of Victoria's Family. Last time, Terrence shared some great lessons from his home life and also from his corporate experience with Johnson & Johnson, Citibank, and Coca-Cola. If you missed it and you didn't hear part one, please go to transleadership.com, go to podcast under resources, and you'll be able to hear the first episode or go to any podcast provider that you're accustomed to listening to podcasts on. So feel free to go there as well. If you'd like to see the episode as well as to hear it, you can join me on my YouTube channel. Just look for Dr. Karen Y. Wilson-Starks, and then you'll be able to watch the episode as well. In part one, one of the things that Terrence shared was information about why men struggle in their roles as the spiritual leaders of their families. So find out about that. Also find out how Terrence's wife challenged him to step up to the plate to benefit their children. So what I want to say is that there's more than theory to what Terrence is sharing with us about how to keep our children faithful followers of Christ and able to defend their faith. And you will learn that it can be fun to do so. He ended up creating what he's sharing with us today to benefit his family. And now many years later, what we can say is that it's been road tested globally with many families across the world who have benefited. And so you will be able to benefit as well as you apply the lessons that he refers to. Now, I'm real happy to announce that we've got a Christmas special going on as well. Terrence has graciously agreed to offer three of his books so that three very blessed people will get free copies of Terrence's new book. And so if you would like the book, Do Your Children Believe? Here's what you need to do. Send an email to admin at transleadership.com. Admin, A-D-M-I-N, at transleadership.com. And in the subject line, say, I want Terrence's book. And here's what we'll do. On Friday, the 23rd of December at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, we will conduct a drawing of all who respond to this offer. And three people will get a wonderful Christmas present. And if you don't need it yourself, you can pass it on to someone else you know who could benefit. So bless somebody else with a special Christmas gift this year. Or you can also start the new year off right with this information. So here's what I'd like for you to think about as you're listening to part two. Think about your children. Think about your grandchildren, your godchildren, your nieces and nephews, children in your neighborhood or children in your church and ask how you 
can be a champion for the development of faith that lasts, faith that goes the distance, faith that endures, even with all the pressures of the culture around us. So enjoy part two with Terrence Chapman. Mm-hmm. 75% of our kids are walking away from the church after they graduate from high school. Yes. And that's always kind of been a drift, but the difference they would return mm-hmm. uh, once they had kids. Now they're not returning. So they don't trust the church. They don't trust the institution like they used to. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give you that that kind of result if we don't do it. What's at stake? And worldview, by the way, is shaped between the ages of three and 14 years of age. Mm-hmm. So we have some tender moments there that we really need to take advantage of, right? Yeah. Some things we do, right? So we, we like to see three things happening within our planning process. And we want that plan to be customized and unique for your family. Mm-hmm. So what we provide is a framework of training. We don't tell you what to put in the plan, because if not, we'll have all Christianese in there. And all the plans right. look the same. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. Your family is different than my family. Okay. And it's unique. It has different values, different things, you know, different drivers, but there's some similarities in in a Christian family or should be. Number one, that plan, wherever you're taking them, one, think about how is it God honoring? How we glorify him. That's our whole purpose. Secondly, is it Christ-centered? Is it Christ-centered? And thirdly, is it missional in scope? Because it's not always about you and your family. It's greater than that. It's the Great Commission. Less than 3% of Christians today know how to share their faith. They've never been taught. How are we teaching our kids how to share our faith? How are we teaching our kids just to pray for other family members, intercessory prayer? Mm -hmm. How are we teaching? See, now, how does this link to business? Think about this now. If we teach our kids to really prioritize something greater than them and think about other people more so than themselves, And this whole idea of love and relationship versus a religion, all of a sudden now, what do we do in the marketplace? My father told me to do. Exactly. Full circle. Full circle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't have this thought when I was coming on, but I realized that Jesus was right. The core of it all is to love, love him, love. He already knew you're going to love yourself. He didn't give us love yourself. He just said, love your neighbor because as you would love yourself, because he already know you love yourself. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. The other warning is covetousness. Mm-hmm. We are a people to covet. We want what our neighbor have, or we want the next big job. We have to be content. So the other thing is teaching contentment, not complacency, but contentment with what he has given us to steward and to mm-hmm. shepherd. And he will lead and guide that process. So here's what we do. We say, come in, we're going to teach, we're going to give you a framework. Think about an iPhone or or a smartphone. You get some apps in there and then you add the apps. So we give you some apps to get you started and then you add your own apps. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But we want to customize the plan. We want to help you flush out the values and vision and mission and goals and intercessory prayer and all of that. And then we disciple you along the way because everyone needs a coach. They need someone walking alongside, asking the tough questions, reinforcing the positives, et cetera. It's just like in business. We're going to reinforce the positive. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to have reviews. We're going to kind of motivate you along, inspire you along the way. But guess what? 
you have a greater purpose and the target and the bullseye has been defined. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. God honoring Christ centered mission and scope. What's the mission for your family? Mm-hmm. And so that's where we start. We help you flush that out. We nurture you along the way by coaching or discipleship, we say, uh, and we provide those services. And then you're also going to have to have great content. And so we have a library of content dealing with issues like how do you deal with social, you know, how much time kids should, should have on social media? How do you address that? How do you handle technology? Because technology is pro and con, right? How do you use technology within the home? Uh, you know, issues like that we're dealing with, gender issues, certainly we're dealing with those. Uh, if you don't think we are, our kids are dealing with those in as early as fifth, sixth grade and not earlier. Uh, so we got to at least address it, but everything we do, we have to address in love with the motivation of love. And that's our position. So we help parents through that process. And we've trained over 100,000 parents so far, you know, on five continents. Uh, and we find despite the contextualization or the language difference or whatever, the issue is all the same. It's a moral and spiritual decay. And he has given us the solution. I love this because you're, you're creating, like you said, a framework and there's sort of like a, a scaffolding, if you will, that people get to populate and you have some resources in the library. Really important is that coaching discipleship, because I find that as things come up, people often don't know, well, what do I do about this? And even if they go to the library, they still aren't sure how it applies to their unique circumstance. So I think the coaching discipleship is really powerful so that people know they have help, you know, to make this happen and to lead their family in a proactive and a, in a productive manner. So I'm going to ask you about one particular issue because people are dealing right now with children going away to college and having to deal with the anti-biblical theories and beliefs that are taught there and taught as facts. And even in some so-called Christian schools, there are challenges and difficulties in terms of what's being taught to them. So what can parents do to defend their children's faith against this kind of indoctrination? And even if I think about in our church, we're concerned that those who go away to college, how can we still be connected with them in a powerful way so that they don't fall away, that they remain in the faith? They've grown up in the church, gone off to college, and then you know they might fall off the wagon, so to speak. So what would you say about that specific problem? You know, that's what challenged me around this whole thing. Your question, what, what, what made you think about corporate America and going to do this? That's the exact question that challenged me is all the kids prepared to defend their faith after high school. And we had come to the conclusion that they're not prepared to defend their faith. Why? Because we haven't prepared them. And so what I'm saying, you know, we needed to start in that zero to five, that six to 10 and so forth, those stages of life, not to preach our religion but to help them to investigate a relationship and to see if that relationship uh, is real. And so how do you do that? Well, of course he gives us basic disciplines of teaching your kids about prayer, teaching your kids how to read God's word and study God's word and teaching your kids how to truly worship, but also teaching your kids how to apply that knowledge and build those relationships and to center it around who. So, you know, we can't shelter our kids from the world. We live in this world. We're not of this world, but we live in this world, so to speak, right? This isn't our reward, but we still have to live in this world. And I think we discount the fact of the fall. This is a sinful 
world. It is moral, and if I said at the beginning, our biggest issue is moral and spiritual decay. And so if we don't teach on moral and spiritual decay, i.e. sin, we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about love and grace and mercy. Well, if you don't talk about the cause, you'll never create the solution. In fact, we don't have to create the solution. There is a solution. We know what that solution is. So, you know, it's a personal relationship. And what we try to do as parents is help them to investigate truth. We don't tell them what truth should be. I mean, of course, we're sharing with them and things of that nature. But we want them to investigate truth, to determine on their own, is this really will? Mm-hmm. So here's some fun things. Uh, for example, we used to have Friday and want to, you know, go out to a football game or, you know, high school football, whatever. I said, sure. Take these three questions, research <laughs> and come back and give me a report Friday night and earn, you know, 10, 20, 25 dollars or whatever. And, and I had, I used to have contests at home where the kids, you know, they do a presentation and they pick up a nice, I mean, 10, 20, 25 bucks. I mean, that's a lot of money. You take, you know, date out or whatever for 25 bucks and they would just go at it and, and they would bring their presentation and almost deliver a sermon to me, but they had to investigate it, right? They had to read, they had to study it, but there also was some award. I'm not beyond bribing them. I mean, that's, Hey, 25 bucks. What am I going to do with 25 bucks? But they would come back. I just created fun ways for them to want to study God's word. And I just believe, listen, if we're not in God's word, I don't care who you are as a Christian, how long you've been in church or whatever. If we're not in God's word, the playbook means nothing to us. We got 66 great books. Imagine uh, I'm at Coca-Cola and I never read any of the strategic plan, never read any of the company materials and so forth, but I try to go out and excel as a corporate leader. It'll never happen. Mm-hmm. And today, less than 10% of Christians read their Bible on a regular basis. Less than 5% of Christians pray together as a family. And so we're not practicing the basic disciplines of our faith. Where's our conviction? I know there's a belief. You go from unbelief to belief to a behavior to a commitment, but to a conviction. And that conviction is a relationship conviction that he is truly is who he say he is. And most importantly, here's the one thing we're teaching them, that Christ is sufficient. It doesn't mean he's going to give you what you want, but his will, he will always provide. So he is sufficient. He is the only one that's sufficient. In fact, here's what we were failing. Our kids was idolizing us as parents. Mm. Most parents would say, yay, good job. Awesome. We were failing at that. We don't want them to idolize us because we're going to fail them at some point. In fact, we failed them often, but he never will. So teaching that he is sufficient. You know, I think this is so important what you're talking about, that relationship piece and moving even beyond that commitment into the conviction the sufficiency of Christ. I think that's missing in a lot of spheres. And just as soon as something doesn't go the way we think it should go, we tend to think that maybe Christ isn't sufficient. However, if you know who he is and you understand the sufficiency of Christ, that'll take you everywhere you need to go. And that's often the missing piece. I'm so glad you shared that and said that. So, Terrence, tell us more about the ministry. Tell us more about Victoria's family. Tell us about the book you wrote and how people can learn more. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So victorious, I-O-U-S, victorious family. Uh, we started really um, 13 years ago and it was just really, wasn't even a ministry. I just needed to minister to myself and my family. And it just kind of grew. And as we began to train parents on how the main purpose is to train and equip and empower parents on how to design a written spiritual plan to lead, guide, and direct themselves in bringing their kids up in the Lord. Because we, when we write things down, they get done. And we have to think about it, right? And if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. We could not fail in this area. I can fail in a lot of different areas that couldn't fail in this one as a father. And so that's what we do. We help parents to design a written spiritual plan. But in addition to that, which is very important, we coach them, if you will. We disciple them along the way in our operating system. We have a three-year operating system that we try to teach every parent. And that operating is called the three C's. The first year, we just want the parents to focus on the year of connection. That's the relationship year. That's the foundational year. That's where we're teaching the tenets of, your, of our faith. We're teaching truth principles. We want them to learn relationship with the father, relationship with one another. All of that is foundational is what we're teaching. The year of connection. No more than three goals that year or, or any year. And everything we do is focus on the year of connection, relationship. The second year, we build our plan around the year of commitment. Well, we say we value these things. How do we live it out? Are we committed to it? How do we go stronger in that principle and faith and belief? Well, the third year is the year of commission. Remember, it's not about you. It's about others and serving others, teaching the God. So now we're teaching the great commandment. We're teaching how to share the gospel. We're teaching in intercessory prayer. We're teaching how to serve. And we don't have to go to Africa somewhere to serve. We can serve in our own community. We can serve in our schools. We can serve in the marketplace, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, if you think about Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, it has one of the greatest distribution uh, platforms in the world. I mean, you go to places, you can't find anything, but you can find Coca-Cola, right? Where, why is that? Because they, they have a service mentality. You go to any ballpark, you'll see Coca-Cola somewhere. You go to any venue, you'll see Coca-Cola somewhere. In fact, when I'll give you a fun story. When, um, when uh, they were trying to rid polio, Bill Gates was trying to rid polio, and he was making progress. Uh, he would go into the main cities and he would, you know, uh, provide the uh, medicine for polio. He come back about a year later and it's right back up again. And he couldn't figure out why. Well, what would happen is the indigenous people would go back into wherever they are, which was not on the map. And they would come into the city to buy things and trade and so forth. They would infect and then they go back into their isolated locations. Well, they couldn't figure that out. And then all of a sudden, they teamed up with people like Coca-Cola and so forth. And really, because Coca-Cola sold in those indigenous places, and we began to remap uh, the, the areas. And they found that they needed to reach that indigenous group. And once they, uh, in, you know, doctrinated that group, you know, uh, with, with the vaccine, et cetera. Now we cut off polio and all of a sudden polio declined in the area. You see, sometimes we need to vaccine, right? <laughs> and that's, that's just a lesson. You know, he, he gives us a great privilege to go beyond ourselves mm -hmm. uh, and that heart. So remember the three C's, connection, mm -hmm. commitment, commission. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, many of us probably have been on a mission trip and we think we go to serve, but we end up being the one blessed.
Yes. Think about that if you're going as a family, mm-hmm. if age appropriate. To go as a family to serve, what a lifetime experience. Absolutely. And thank you for talking about the three-year program so people can go to your website to find out about it. Is that right? Yeah, victoriousfamily.org. Okay. Uh, also, my book is available. You know, it's published by Thomas Nelson. That You know, you don't pick the title. They give you the title. But but I love it. It's, just, it's right in your face, though. It says, do your children believe? Mm-hmm. Do your children believe at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Is that not what your responsibility is to teach them and train them and instruct them in the Lord? So do your children believe you can find it anywhere, you know, Amazon, whatever. Uh, do your children believe. But you can also go to doyourchildrenbelieve.com for more information or our website, victoriousfamily.org. Uh, I can also come out and speak at different events. We have workshops, uh, one-day workshops to train parents on how to design this plan for their home. We've trained over 100,000 so far, and we have content that you could that's available, and, and we make those available to people uh, that connect, and, and we just want to give that away and bless people. So, uh, again, victoriousfamily.org, doyourchildrenbelieve.com, and that will kind of get you to everywhere you need to be. You also have a conference that's coming up in June of next year. Who's that conference for? Oh, we're so excited about this. This is going to be our first inaugural gathering. I've never had a conference on this before because we used to just go out and travel to different places and they host conferences there. But we're going to bring people in from all around the world uh, that's been going through. And we're going to have it at the world of Coca-Cola. Uh, I'm so excited about this, right? We're going to tour the Coca-Cola building and all this stuff. Uh, so we're going to have a world of Coca-Cola. I'm, I'm locking down a date today. So uh, stay tuned at victoriousfamily.org. Uh, I moved it from Orlando. I was going to have it in Orlando. And I said, you know what? Let's just have it at Coca-Cola building. And so we're going to have the world of Coca-Cola. It's going to be a 24, 36-hour event. Uh, we're going to bring in what we call family champions to come and talk on some of the toughest issues that parents are dealing with today. So stay tuned. Get our newsletter at victoriousfamily.org. Subscribe to our newsletter. We'll communicate the date and all the details of that conference that's coming up. But one that you're speaking of in June, we're going to be asking every pastor uh, to preach from Ephesians 6-4 on June 4th of 2023. It's the first Sunday of June. And the reason June 4th, it ties in with Ephesians 6-4. So we're going to ask pastors from all around the world to preach from Ephesians 6-4 that weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. And then to announce the, the conference gathering. And this conference gathering is not going to be a bunch of talking heads, you know, kind of giving you these 30-minute talks. It's going to be real-life scenarios. We're going to bring in kind of a, a table and have table discussions around the most pertinent issues that parents are dealing with today, whether you're a single parent, grandparent, or whatever. And then we'll have champions speaking to that. And some of those champions will be everyday parents just like me and you. Sometime next year, and you can touch bases with me, we're going to promote that in advance so people can be reminded of the conference and sign up for it. And in the meantime, they can learn about it from the website. I think there's such a great need for what you're doing. And that's why I reached out to you, because I think what you're doing is powerful. It's just a blessing. That's the best word I can say to to describe it. And And I think it'd be wonderful for parents to have other people on the journey with them as just encouragement and to see 
others and across the world because this is a global event as well. So that's just powerful what you're doing. We definitely want to promote that. So keep me posted on it and we'll make sure that we put the word out. So what additional words of wisdom do you want to leave with my audience of corporate executives? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for the opportunity to come. And just the many blessings, Doctor, that, that you have you know, been to so many people to have on your show and share uh, just a little bit of the wisdom that the Lord has given us. And so without this platform, uh, you know, we would be remiss to, you know, even get our points across. So we thank you. I'm very humble uh, that you invite me on the show uh, to just share a little bit uh, of, of what the Lord has taught me. Uh, I would just wrap this way. There's going to come a time, I, you know, I, I love this saying that someone challenged me, says there's going to come a time in your life that you achieve your most wondrous dreams and desires. But unless you bring someone else along with you, it's going to leave you unfulfilled. Think about that, that you can achieve your most wondrous dreams and desires, but it's going to leave you unfulfilled unless someone else is brought along on the journey. Yeah, 36 years old, here I am, young black man managing two-thirds of one of the the largest beverage company in the world. Imagine if no one had come with me. Would that be a career of fulfillment or a career of selfishness? Mm -hmm. And so let me take it one step further to encourage. One day, and this is not biblical, this is just me dreaming a little bit. That one day we're going to meet our most glorious maker. That's not that that's that's biblical. That's real. (laughs) But here's where the imagination comes that imagine one day he's going to bring out your welcoming committee. These are people that you spoke into their life. You shared the gospel message. They even saw you live it out or whatever. You may not even know who they are because they've been touched by somebody who's been touched by somebody, et cetera. Multiplication. And he says, let me bring out a welcoming committee of people that you have impacted and influenced. Now, it's still going to be a glorious day, but think about that day if no one comes out. Your mother, your father, your sister, your brothers, your children, your grandchildren, no one comes out. It's still a glorious day because you have been redeemed by the blood of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I want you to imagine a different welcoming committee. He turns and all of a sudden your mother and your father come and rejoice. Your sister, your brother, your wife, your spouse, your husband, et cetera, your your kids for generations upon generations upon generations to come. You know, I've never shared this too much, but when I was praying through, Lord, what will you have me do? Really is, Lord, what will you trust me with? It was just a long, he just, this image, and I never had any, any of this stuff before, but just a long line of just like people that are shaped like stick people, like, you know, just, it was faded, but it was just a long winding line as far as the eye could see. Waiting and they're washed in the blood of Christ Jesus. And he's asking you, can I trust you with even any of this? And that's what he's done. He says to go and make disciples. You make disciples in the marketplace. You make disciples in church but you make disciples at home. And if we can make disciples at home, we'll have a better marketplace, we'll have a better church, we'll have a better community, we'll have a better education system, we'll have a better government, we'll have a better arts and craft, whatever you want to imagine a society, you'll have a better 
better community. So that's my words of encouragement, is that we have been given a great privilege and responsibility and imagine that welcoming committee. Is that worth the prioritization of your time? Is that worth sacrifice? Is that worth surrender? And is that worth great humility? And that is the key that I'm finding to an impactful life, is great humility. Because we can do nothing, but he is sufficient. So that's my message. I hope that encourages people. And I want you to know that that welcoming committee are the treasures that we lay at the feet of Christ and say, and, and we want him all to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen to that. You know, it's much better to take somebody with us and to be alone. So, yeah, we need to think about that. I appreciate you saying that. And so thank you for being here, Terrence. Thank you for being my guest, sharing all of this wisdom and all of these opportunities for people to participate in Victoria's family. And I look forward to speaking to you at another time. We'll just think about that for the future. But for now, thank you so much. You are so welcome. And thank you. And for everyone else who's out there right now, I just want you to think about this. You know, in 1 Corinthians 7, when Paul was talking to those who were married to people who were unbelievers, he encouraged them if the person wants to stay with you, he said, don't leave them because by you being there, you are sanctifying that unbelieving spouse and your children also now sanctified and blessed. And when I think about this, I think about Malachi the second chapter, because in Malachi, the second chapter, people were coming to the altar of God. They were presenting their sacrifices and God was saying, I'm not listening to you because you have dealt treacherously with the wife of your youth. So I want to read Malachi 2.15 and it says, but did he not make them one having a remnant of the spirit and why one he seeks godly offspring? Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. So when you think about your family, husband and wife, you're not just there for yourselves. Those of you who have children, God desires a godly offspring. And for your offspring to be godly, it helps if you can model that and be godly yourself. And if you don't have children, there are other people that God wants you to pour into, whether they're Godchildren, nieces and nephews, friends in the church, people in the workplace as marketplace ministry leaders. So be thinking about those who you can disciple to know and have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, whether in your family or the broader family of God. Thanks for being here today, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today, and remember the special Christmas offer that we have going. Terrence Chapman has graciously agreed to offer three copies of his book as complimentary. So the book is Do Your Children Believe? If you would like to participate in that drawing, please send us an email at admin at transleadership.com. Remember to send it before 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday the 23rd. So just in case you might forget, because it's a very busy season, I would encourage you to send the email right away. And then on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we will draw three names 
and those three people will be blessed to receive a complimentary copy of Terrence's book, Do Your Children Believe? So blessings to you, Merry Christmas, and I hope that you are one of the blessed winners of the free book offer. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.